Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word that we meditate on this morning is our Old Testament lesson from uh, chapters 2 and 3 of Ezekiel. Ezekiel writes, says, God said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I heard him speaking to me. He said, son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me, and it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you, eat the scroll, then go. And speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel, and speak my words to them. This is the word of the Lord. It's very hard to share bad news with somebody else, isn't it? And I'm sure you've had it at least one time in your life. It's difficult to call your brother and sister or brother and sister and tell them that mom has passed away. It's hard, isn't it, to make the call about yourself and, and tell your friend or family member that they found cancer in your body. It's, it's hard to, to call somebody about the bad news about the car accident and tell them it doesn't look good. Uh, when we have to share bad news, how do you feel? You, you've got these butterflies in your stomach and, and, and you stammer over your words. You maybe don't even know what to say. There's even maybe a loss of words on how do you say this? It's no fun sharing bad news. I know every one of us has had to do it. It's a difficult thing to do. I, I, I don't know how doctors do it, how often they have to share bad news with their patients. I guess there isn't that emotional connection, and I guess if you do it a lot, but, but I don't envy them at all. <laughs> Having to share bad news with someone that they don't want to hear. And maybe that's why, as Christians, it's hard for us to share bad news, too, with someone in our life. Someone who needs to hear about the way that they're living that's not God-pleasing. 
that the choices that they're making are, are separating them from their God. It can be hard to share the bad news of pointing out their sin in love and out of care for their soul and their eternal destination. And the goal is always so that you can share with them the one who has taken care of their sin. But first, you've got to hear the bad news, don't you? And that can be hard. Not only hard to hear, but hard to share with somebody else. When they really need to hear it. And friends, it's not somebody else's job. It's our responsibility as Christians, as, as fellow Christians, to point out somebody's sin in love for them, in love for their soul. It's our duty. It's our job. I mean, if we love God, if we love his word, and if we love that person, how do we not? I mean, it would be irresponsible of a doctor who finds cancer in your lymph nodes to not tell you that because there's a good chance that it could be removed and treated and you're going to be okay. But instead they just don't tell you and that cancer infects the rest of your body. That would be irresponsible. How much more irresponsible is it? How much more dangerous is it? If we see the cancer of sin in somebody's life and don't say a word, it's irresponsible. It's unloving. It's not caring about that person's soul or where they're going to go after this life is over. And I don't know where you are on this with, with speaking God's word to fellow Christians. I mean, have you just given up the people in your life around you? I mean, have you just kind of grown silent when you see people in your life and your family and your friends, your coworkers making decisions that are sinful and living in them and not caring about them? Uh, have you just kind of given up and thought, what's the use? If I say something, I'm probably going to harm that relationship or maybe break that relationship. Right? I, I've done it before and it did no good. It just fell on deaf ears. Or maybe, maybe even worse, you've just kind of become tolerant of it. You've kind of gone along with the rest of the world that says, it's just a lifestyle choice. Who am I to tell somebody else how to live their life? Who am I to judge them? Right? That's their decisions. I, I, it, who am I to meddle in their life? Where are you? In our responsibility, our duty as fellow Christians to, to speak God's word faithfully, yeah, even when it's bad news. To realize that it's not tolerant. It's unloving. It's unkind. It's not caring about them. It's like patting somebody on the back. You know, hey, while they're ready to fall off a cliff. It's like waving and smiling as someone's about ready to get hit by a bus. You'd never do that. That's not loving. That's not kind. How much more so when someone is caught in a sin? or thinking about a sin, or not caring about sin, for the people that we love. If you're in that situation where you're, you're in, in, in your life, or you're looking at people in, in, in your life and people close to you, and you're, 
you've given up, you've become silent, you've tried, but you know, what's the use is your, your attitude? Or you think, who am I to say anything? It's not my job. You're not alone. Because I'm guessing there's a lot of people sitting here this morning that feel the same way that you do. But the prophet Ezekiel was in the same spot. Ezekiel lived at a very tumultuous time in the history of ancient Israel. The glory days of the most powerful nation in the world is long gone. It's been ripped into two nations as a civil war among themselves. A hundred years before Ezekiel's time, the, the, the northern kingdom of Israel, as it was known, was already defeated by Assyria, and they were destroyed, and a lot of the people were deported. And now in Ezekiel's time, Babylon. Babylon has come in and began. It's one of many campaigns against the southern kingdom of Judah. It's a little tiny nation. That's all that's left of, of God's people there in that promised land. And Ezekiel was one of those that was carried off in the exile, in the first exile to Babylon, a thousand miles from home. And it's here that God comes to him. It's here in this divine vision that God says, Ezekiel, you are going to be the one who brings my word to my people because they still haven't learned their lesson. Going all the way back to their ancestors, he says to, to Ezekiel here, they just don't get it. They're not listening. They're stubborn. They're rebellious. They're obstinate. But you are going to go and speak my words. Listen again to how our lesson started out here, starting at verse 3 of chapter 2. God says to him, Son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Ezekiel is given this commission by God, this, this, this vision that he would be the one that God was going to use to bring his word to his people. And, and, and look who Ezekiel is sent to. He, he's not sent to the king of Babylon. Hey, let my people go. That, that happened with Moses in, in Egypt. He's not sent to the Babylonians, the people that they're living among, and saying, repent, change your ways. He's sent to his own people. To fellow Israelites. To people who know him and he knows. To people he loves. To people he cares about. And friends, that's what we're called to do too. This is not a sermon about taking a sign and putting it around your neck and going and standing on a street corner. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. We could talk about that a different time. We're not talking about you going home and putting on Facebook for all of your Facebook friends, you know, how the moral state of our country and how it's declining. This is not about going down to your neighbor down the street and ringing his doorbell and giving him a piece of your mind or trying to straighten out his ways because of all the suspicious activity that's going on at his house. What Ezekiel was called to do and what every one of us in God's kingdom is called to do is to go to the people closest to us. The people we love the most. The people we care about the people we know and who know us. Maybe the people right in our own families or in our circle of friends 
That's who we are called to go and speak the word of God to. And they need to hear it. And I know it's hard. In some ways, it's, it's actually easier to share it with, with a complete stranger than it is with someone close to you because, because you know how it is. You don't like to get called on the carpet, do you? Do you like it when people point out your sins and tell you when you've done wrong? I don't. We know how that feels. And what do we do when people do that to us? Right? Your, your friend says something, hey, I, I heard what you said. What were you thinking? And you just blow it off as, oh, they're hypersensitive. Or, or they, they don't understand the context. They don't know why I said it. Or maybe you're sitting in church and, and the pastor's sermon hits kind of close to home. And you think, oh, that must be for everybody else. That must not, that must not apply to me. Or your spouse points out something wrong you did. And rightfully so. And what do you do? You bring up what they've done. You bring out the things they've said to try to prove yourself right or better. Right? We know what it's like to be called on the carpet. We know what it's like to have our sins pointed out. And so we're hesitant to to do that to others. Because it could harm that relationship. It could end that relationship, potentially. It might, probably won't be received well. They might call us names. They might ridicule us. They might oppose us. And, and you know what? Expect all of that <laughs> when you speak the word of God to someone who needs to hear it. Because you know how your heart reacts to when it hears exactly what it needs to hear. It hurts. And the first reaction is to fight back or flee. But we're called to speak God's word faithfully, no matter what, no matter what the reaction might be. Christian love has to speak. As scary as it might feel to say, something that someone needs to hear that's bad news. The goal is always out of love and concern for their soul and their eternal well-being. And even if they reject you, even if they oppose you, there's still comfort. Listen to what God says to Ezekiel here. He says, starting at verse 4, he says, Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen. For they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say. This is the comforting truth here. That when you go and, and you have to point out someone's sin, when you have to show them what they've been doing is against God's word, the way that they're living, the way that they're choosing to just disregard what he says in his commands, you're not speaking your opinions and your feelings. You can, if you want, but, but they're just your opinions and feelings. That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about where God is crystal clear 
about what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. Ezekiel and we are told, speak my words to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. This isn't my words. These are God's words. And I speak to them to, them to you because he loves you and I love you. And I can't not speak to you. I can't not share this with you. It would be irresponsible and unloving for me not to speak these words to you. They are God's words. And isn't that the comfort? That if they reject you, they're not really rejecting you. They're rejecting God. They're rejecting his words. We are called to simply speak his word faithfully. God says, go. Go and speak my word. Go and proclaim it faithfully, knowing that I am with you. And knowing that my word always does its work, even if you don't see it. What a comfort we have as God gives us this duty, this responsibility to love one another, to love one another, to speak the truth to one another in that love. It's a responsibility we've been entrusted with, but, but the, another amazing comfort here is that God does not send us out alone to do it. He doesn't bring you in here and say, all right, go speak my word and kick you out the door and says, good luck. Listen to what he does for Ezekiel. He says, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat the scroll and then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. He said to me, Son of man, eat the scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. God first, before he sends you out to speak his word, convicts you of his word. Before you can speak, you've got to listen. You've got to listen. And so are you listening? Are you hearing these words and taking them to heart? Are you hearing the law that you need to hear? That you are a sinner just like everybody else out there that you're going to go and speak to. That you need to hear the law just as much as they do. That before you can pull the speck of sawdust out of someone else's eye, you've got to pull the plank out of your own eye and realize your sins before a holy God. And so God comes to you in his word and he says, eat this. Not literally. Eat this scroll. Take this in. Let it fill your stomach. Digest it. Make it part of you. Fill yourself with my word. So that you can know not only that your sinfulness, but also my grace and my peace and my forgiveness. So that you can know without a doubt that you are loved and you are mine. And that I send you out with my word in your heart and on your mind and on your lips. Come in word and sacrament and be filled. Listen. Grow, be strengthened. Go and, and care about somebody else's, the spiritual danger somebody else is in. If you don't first realize the spiritual danger you are always in, every day. 
How can you go and speak the love of God to somebody else if you yourself don't understand and grasp how long and wide and high and love that deep, uh, that, that love of Christ is for you? If we are to go and speak this word faithfully as we have been called to do, first we got to listen and we got to eat and we have to digest and we have to be strengthened so that then, God says to Ezekiel and to us, then you can go and speak and live in my kingdom as my people. And that no matter what you face, whatever opposition might come, you continue to speak my words to them. And so, friends, look around at your life. You probably don't have to look real far. Who needs to hear that bad news of what they, they need to hear so that you can share their Savior with them? It, maybe, it's, maybe it's one of your friends. One of your Christian friends who's struggling with pride. Maybe struggling with greed or gossip. Maybe, maybe it's your spouse. Maybe they've got a sin in their life that they've just become okay with. Maybe it's a member of your family who despises the means of grace, who knows that they should be in God's house, who should be receiving the sacrament, but they've blown it off as, I don't have time for that, I don't care, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's a son or daughter who has taken God's gifts of sex and marriage and said, I'm going to use them however I want. I don't care what God says. I'm guessing you don't have to look real far in your life to find people, people you love, people you care about, not just in this life, but you care about their eternal welfare. And know that it would be irresponsible and unloving to not speak God's words to them, no matter what the outcome might be. To speak the bad news so that you can hopefully, Lord willing, share the good news. The good news of a Savior. The good news you know. The good news you cling to for your peace and your forgiveness and your life and your salvation. Yes, you, a poor, miserable sinner who yet is forgiven and loved. Who lives in daily repentance. Look around. Who needs to hear it? Did you catch the, the name that God calls Ezekiel a number of times in this lesson? He calls him the Son of Man. Seven times in 14 verses here in our text, God calls Ezekiel Son of Man. And that was to remind Ezekiel of who he was. He was a sinner who didn't deserve to be in God's presence, to have this vision, to have this commissioning, to go and speak God's words. And we have to realize that too. Who are we? Who are we to speak these words? Poor, miserable sinners, but yet loved, called, forgiven, redeemed, heirs. We get to speak this word of God. That son of man reminds Ezekiel who he is. But it's also a fulfillment. Because you go to the New Testament, and Jesus himself uses this name, son of man, for himself. If you go through the four Gospels, you'd find around 70 times Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. And the reason Jesus does that is not because he's a sinner, 
but to show us, first off, his humanity. That he is not only the Son of God, but he is the Son of Man. He is completely, fully human in every way. Fully God and fully man. Jesus says, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right? So as the Son of Man, he came to serve sinful man. Think about that. The Son of God himself comes to To come and to do what we cannot. To live that perfect life of always speaking God's word faithfully. Even in the face of rejection and persecution and opposition and all the way to death. He did it perfectly for you and for me because we don't. Because we ignore opportunities. We shove it off to somebody else. Jesus lived that life of speaking that word of God faithfully for us. And then... That Son of God and Son of Man goes all the way to a cross, all the way to suffering and death for all the times that we have sinned by not speaking His Word, by not proclaiming it faithfully and in love and truthfully. Jesus died. Friends, you are forgiven. All of those times that you have ignored the opportunities in the past, they're forgiven. They're forgotten by your God. And this Son of God and this Son of Man who fulfills these scriptures, who does this perfectly in Ezekiel's place and in our place, now says, I come to you to give you my word, to continue to strengthen you with my word. You see, Jesus came to speak that word, and he did it faithfully, but he came to fulfill it completely. He is the word made flesh. He came to fulfill every one of these scriptures so that you could have the promise of forgiveness and life and salvation so that you can be set free to live in his kingdom right now in this life. And even though that might be one of facing opposition for the truths that you hold to and that you live and that you speak, the same Jesus is with you to strengthen you and equip you so that you can go and speak whatever message needs to be heard. And you know who needs to hear it? You know who needs to hear this word of God? absolutely everybody in your life. The one who's caught in a sin. The one who doesn't care about their sin. They need to hear the bad news of the law. They do. And in love, we have to speak it. Those who are ridden with guilt and shame for all the things they have done, they know all too well their sins. They need to hear the word of God too. They need to be comforted with the message that their sins are forgiven. They are at peace with God. They're free. Friends, for those to whom God leads to repentance through our words, for whom God works on their hearts and convicts them of their sin and they're led to repentance, guess what we get to speak? You have a Savior. You have a substitute and he loves you and he forgives you and heaven is yours. We get to share that wonderful message of the good news of the gospel. Friends, we have the duty and the responsibility and the calling and the joy and the privilege to speak his words to the people in our life who need to hear them, just like we need to hear them from others. God's word works, always. Speak it faithfully and stand back and let God do his mighty work. God grant you the strength and the desire and the ability to do it. Amen. Please stand.